Hi, everyone. My name is Angela Fazio, and today I am talking to Mandy Friend Gigliotti. She is a fierce entrepreneur, and we'll talk about the power of Jesus in her life in regards to her business, her breakdowns, and her family. Let's get started. Angela Fazio is an industry powerhouse who has overseen 40,000 homes sold and 9 billion in production. And Kristen Cantrell is one of the nation's most accomplished team leaders, helping thousands of agents build their businesses. They are passionate about educating, encouraging, and empowering moms in real estate. Our next episode starts now. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hello. There's my co-host Kristen and Mandy. Welcome, you guys. Um, I'm really excited for our audience today. We have um, a fabulous guest in Mandy, and uh, we'll be talking about all kinds of things that I know you guys will relate to and enjoy. So Mandy, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm from upstate New York, and I have a real estate business that started back when I was 22, so we're almost 10 years into the business, and my husband's a chiropractor, so we have his chiropractic business. My um, Together, we own a daycare right next to his practice, and then I also have a podcast, and most importantly, I have two little babies. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old son and a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. That's Great. a lot. <laughs> so much stuff. I love it. I need a chiropractor right now. I like hurt my ribs in January and they, they've never been the same. Every, well, I mean, with quarantine, everyone's like putting their bodies in different ways. All of the, everything's out of whack. So yeah, he's definitely still in need very much. I think my commute would be a little too far. Arizona. Arizona, upstate New York. Sounds like we need a girl's trip. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. So um, you own those three businesses. And let's start with something I think is fascinating because I can't do it. I don't know how to do this. You need to teach me. You only spend about 30 hours in your businesses a week. How do you do that? So I, the joke is I've just had a lot of breakdowns to start to realize what this perfect time is. And <clears throat> one of the quotes that I heard this morning again, and I've heard it all the time, is the purpose of business is to fund the perfect life. And so often I get so like, I'm so good at business. I'm so good at it that that's my default. And I found myself going back to business at all times. But I realized the way I was showing up with my family when I was working 60 hours a week, I was like on edge all the time. And then I would work 40 hours a week and oh, it was getting a little bit better. And then I would try to cut back and cut back. And I found that this 30, 30 hours a week is this really beautiful balance for me that not even am I working, but that's when I'm out of the home. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm working out. That's when I'm really making, like having kind of, it's goofy, but like me time where I'm literally just doing what I need to be doing. And that includes everything from, um, you know, training and supporting my teams to recruiting, to doing my own personal training and, and all of that as well. That's really, that's fascinating. It really is. I love to work too. I love to work. I know. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I do that oftentimes too. Yeah, and I think that I've started to love to work even more once I got really clear on only doing the things that I truly love to do. Mm -hmm. And that is what I kind of started to narrow in on. So for example, in real estate, I, I am so good. I love meeting new people. I love going on listing presentations, buyer presentations, but I got to the point where it was too much. It was, it was so, so much to do on top of everything that even though I love to do it, I loved who I was when I wasn't doing it even more. 
Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think it's like, you know, if you even take take everybody back to when you were 24 and how much you were working and your breakdown, like share that because I think that is such a big um, reason why we're even talking about you working 30 hours a week and taking only 30 hours a week away from your family. Yeah. So it all started. So I was 22. I was this division one athlete. I was playing in the, like, I was playing crazy amounts of sports. I was so disciplined and I got into the real world and carried over that intensity where mm-hmm. the only thing I knew was to work. And so I started working. My real estate business grew pretty fast. When you're young, when you're new, heavy buyers, which meant I was traveling, going back and forth, doing a million showings a day, working constantly. You know, some people are like, you weren't working a hundred hours a week. Like, I'm sure I was working a hundred hours, you know, like I never stopped. And so um, fast forward to a year where I um, was doing about 6 million in sales at an average price point of 150,000 heavy buyers and also was very immature in business to know how to systematize. And I just gave everything, didn't set any boundaries. And I was looking down the barrel of that year and I qualified to play in the world cup for team Canada. So I was training four days a week, two hours a day. My husband was opening up his own chiropractic office, which meant we had to buy a building, renovate the building for him to open up. Older sister was having a baby. Younger sister was winning the national championship at Chapel Hill. And then two weeks after World Cup, which is when you're actually gone for 20, 21 days, was my husband and I, our wedding. And so I had all of this and was like, you just hustle, you just work harder. And I didn't, I don't know if I shared this with you guys, but I had to get a physical before the world cup and I never, I don't go to doctors. It was time for doctors and they did the test and my blood pressure was high. She's like, Oh honey, you need, you can't, you're not cleared. Your blood pressure is too high. And I'm like, my blood, what, what? And I'm like, I don't have time for this. Like, I'm fine. I need to go. And she's like, honey, I think my blood pressure might be a little high. And, um, you know, that didn't wake me up or anything. And I just kept hustling until I came back after World Cup. And I had realized that my team had supported me on the way there while I was gone. And I also realized that I didn't have to work these crazy hours. And I also had kind of the balance between who I was when I was playing lacrosse and playing sports and not heavy into my business for those three weeks to who I was returning to be, which was crazy town, which was crazy hours, which was um, who's my next client and how can I support them and what's going on with that inspection release and where's closing and that kind of anxiety that until there was this total shift, I didn't recognize it as how it was showing up for me. And um, I won this really big award that I had been dreaming of and visualizing. And after I won the award, um, nothing changed. And after I realized that, nothing changed in this award and these accolades that I've been chasing for so long in order to accomplish it. I didn't like who I had to become came uh, very relevant really kind of just smacked me upside the head to say, what are you doing then? And the spiral led to hurting relationships. It led to um, me attempting to leave my husband and my husband saying, this isn't, this isn't how a marriage should be. And um, it wasn't. And, um, Thankfully, I uh, had some phenomenal people in my world who said, Mandy, you need to pray. You just need to pray. And I was like, but like, what do I do? And they said, you didn't know God. You didn't know Jesus yet. Right. No, Jesus. Didn't know Jesus. And my I get like emotional just talking about it. But I was literally in my office and I said, well, what do I do? And they said, talk to this guy. 
And I was like, well, what do I say? And I said, well, ask for help, ask for mm -hmm. guidance. And so that night there was a slew of other things, but um, basically I got to the point where I just said, okay, sky, moon, God, whoever you are, fill me up with whatever it is that I need to make this next decision to fight for my marriage or to just start over because the way it's, it's been hasn't been working. And out of nowhere, I just felt this love for my husband that literally made me cough. I just felt like I was choking on it. I was bawling my eyes out. I was a wreck. And I just knew from that moment that God said, listen, it's your husband. It is me. Let's do this and let's start anew. And that's been our journey that. now. And um, we have put God and Jesus at the forefront of everything that we do. And um, that, as hard as it was, because it wasn't like all of a sudden everything was great. Like we had a lot of baggage that we kind of had to unpack. Um, that I think I'm still unpacking, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I think I'll forever unpack. It's not. It's not this like easy, glorious road. Um, but it's a road that's the truest road, and that has gotten me to the point where. I've realized how not important accolades are and how not important it is to under, to think what everyone else is doing around me and that that is how I derive my worth. My mm -hmm. accolades, like all those things that used to drive my worth don't anymore. And um, Thank God, right? Praise, praise God because yeah. I, um, I, especially in this industry, especially in business, it's so easy to get wrapped up into it. And you have to be very intentional about delegating and intentional about how you spend your time because um, we revert to those, those comforts of business very, very easily. So that's, that's the, that's where that I'm at. So good. I will never get sick of hearing the stories about how God reveals himself to people. And um, you know, when we, I was, I didn't get saved till I was almost 30. And so I distinctly remember pre-Angela, <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it's the spiral. I just talked about it yesterday with my husband on uh, Midweek Mind Freak. It's that spiral that you get yourself into. You're, you seem to be an extremist like I am, you know, yeah. it's like there or there, right? Yeah. And so I just love to hear those stories. And that, and you tell, you told us, you told Kristen and I about how that, you can say you can say it's the breakdown, but it's the breakdown that brought you to God. Yes. That changed everything, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's exciting. That is so cool. It's so good. And the other thing I love that you said is it's like not Jesus doesn't come into your life and everything's better because you've had other breakdowns since then. Mm-hmm. Many breakdowns. I mean, for, for us when we started, when so I was building my business, my husband was building up his practice, and and in, in specifically in real estate. I'm to the point where I'm I'm highly leveraged. So we brought on we brought on the administrative team. We brought on um you know the operation. So we have the operations team and then we have the sales team. And you step out of buyers and you're like, who am I? What do I do with my time? And they're like, oh, this is good, but I'm not important anymore. And then you step out of sellers and you're like, well, who am I? Oh now I'm not important anymore. And then you go into running a team and you realize like I'm a horrible leader because I've been able to cover up my lack of leadership with the fact that I'm so good at selling real estate. And so then at like every single layer, new level, new devil, right? Like every single level, I get to find something more that I have to work on. And I feel so now whenever I get to a breakthrough, I'm like, Okay, how can I see this? Like everything I'm feeling in quarantine right now, I just view it like the problems don't get easier. You just get stronger and you just kind of view them different ways to be able to um, move past them and learn as much as you can with a humble heart. 
Kristen and I have been talking about that subject a lot lately, like, cause we're both in a new space, you know? So we're, our insecurities go, what? you know, they go way up to the top. And I'm like, what, since when did I become so insecure? You know, it's just the process of re learning something new, getting accustomed to something better and, and higher. Yes, exactly. Just had that conversation this morning. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I have to share with you. I was just on mute. My house just went like my pool guy walked past. My dogs went crazy. My son's like, come here. And anyways, I'm so glad there's a mute on here. So you talked a lot about relinquishing control. That seems to be a lesson I need to learn over and over and over. But even in the last progression of what you were just talking about, you said, okay, I'm not a buyer's agent anymore. Who am I? You, you know, so talk about your, your journey on relinquishing control. <clears throat> I would say the key for me to relinquishing control is to understand that everything we do, every, every time, Everything we spend our time on is our decision. And I found that I am a big control freak because I want things done my way because that is better for everyone. Everyone will be better when that copy on that Facebook ad is right. And my way is the right way. And I started to think like this until I brought people into my world. And the only other option that I had was I either have to do all of it or I gotta be completely out. Because I found that when I was dipping my toe in, I was pulling the rug out from under them for them to be able to do their work that they wanted. And so I had to, it was two sides. It was empowering my people to to show me that they're capable. But then it was also, also the realization that no, physically I can no longer be a buyer's agent. Physically, I can no longer be a listing agent because if I am that, I am not showing up for my husband the way I want to show up for him. I'm not showing up for my kids the way I want to show up for him. So it was this balance and I had to find different motivators that I care so much about my team and I care so much about all um, all of the pieces within the team. But to realize, one, I cannot control this anymore because I need to be a better mom. And I don't have to control it because the people that I've brought in are actually better than me. And they're not better when they first start. But now my buyer's agent's 20 times better than I am. Listing agent, 20 times better than I am. Like they've gotten to that point because I empowered them to do so. So Mm -hmm. the two keys for me with relinquishing control. I love that. And I hear that from so many moms and it's still so hard um, to swallow for me for some reason. You know, like even I I remember, Angela, you talk about this a lot. Like the day that you guys decided to hire your um, first transaction coordinator, it's like, oh, like that was amazing. And how much it allowed you to do after that. And I feel like a lot of the moms that we've had on this show, like continually talk about that, you know. So it's necessary because God created us to be in community and we all have different functions. And I, I realized that the better that you can empower the people around you and bring out what God has given them and gifted them, then you're all more blessed. That's why I freaking love, oh gosh, sorry. I love the idea of EXP because of that very same thing. We take all of our strengths and we help everybody to be the best version of themselves in every single way. And that's, that is the order of the, it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to be an island. Yes. Yes. And, and I think what I've also learned too is 
why we are stuck in not relinquishing control is because we are expecting the worst case. So um, goofy example, um, I was nervous about my nanny doing my laundry. Okay. And I was like, what if she sees my undies? And I bet you've never talked about undies on the show. So we're going there. <laughs> what if? And then I was like, what if? What's the worst thing? Nannies have undies too. Nannies have undies. And so I'm using the nanny underwear example as like, we always go to worst case. If I hire that TP, she's going to leave her job and then she's going to be, then I'm not going to be able to support her. So then she's going to be homeless. Like we go down these paths and we're just assuming the worst instead of living in faith and assuming the best. And when you're the people like we are, where I'm, I know it, I just, I can tell, like we're, we're over communicators. I'm going to be like today's day two and here's how I'm feeling. That by let's say worst case situation happens and we're 90 days down the road, we've been talking about it for 90 days. So I think, I think, yes, they say it and it's hard to do, but that's how I help people kind of move into action by thinking about the worst, going there, and then realizing the worst isn't that bad compared to the, the benefit that is more likely than not to happen. That's so true. Yeah. And about the communication thing, that that's one of the things with our staff and our, you know, and everybody's to be unclear is unkind. I learned that from Dave Ramsey uh, a long time ago. To be unclear is unkind. And if you can continue that, I mean, the worst case scenario probably will never happen if you're communicating well and you're, you know, being positive and you're looking to build up and not tear down and things of that nature. And you just seem like a totally positive person. You really are. And yeah. you're as I was telling you guys earlier, I started listening to it today. It was really good. You have a good, a good radio voice. Oh, so many people have said that, but I, I, I really enjoy it. And I think that's where um, the podcast has been such a great piece for me. One of my, you know, you set your like intentions for the year. And last year I just knew God was calling me to speak and to share. And, um, but I didn't know what it looked like. And like I said, I am anti-accolades. I don't want to be like, I'm going to be asked to speak in front of 10 million people. Like that to me wasn't where I wanted to go. And I wanted it to be something that I had control over. And so my intent was to to launch an episode. And then once that episode got launched to do a weekly podcast. And all of that was under the umbrella of finding my voice. So last year was find your voice. What is it that you want to talk about and that you're passionate about? And I found that this exact topic of um, really being purposeful about your time so that you can show up the best you possibly can um, has just been that something that I'm drawn to. And I find a lot of people are relating to in a, in a just a beautiful way. Tell me about your kids a little bit. What are, what are they into? Are they into going to work? They're like so, this. You have one like this. I've got one just like that. Like just delicious. Mm. <laughs> so uh, I joke that my, so my husband's one of four boys and they're all crazy. And like, we don't know. I just bless his mother nonsense. I'm like, I don't know how you did it. And we joke that his traits in conjunction with my traits are like a bit of a challenge with the kids. Um, but my daughter, she's four and a half and she's just, she's sassy. She's brilliant. She went through a really challenging phase, like two, three. She was just defiant and um, made me cry like every day. And now she's in this just beautiful, like we, 
she goes, you just get what you get, mom. You know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Like, I think that's from Daniel Tiger, maybe. But like, <laughs> she just is kind and sweet. And I'm loving this phase. And I say that because I also want you to know the challenge I'm having with my two and a half year old son, who just does like, there was, um, they were, oh, I, I sent you guys this. He was hitting, they were hitting each other with a dead mouse that my cat killed. Yeah, yeah. And, and he kept touching the mouse. And I'm like, Amico, don't touch the mouse. Don't touch the mouse. And he would just touch it. And I'm like, oh. so he's a bit of a challenge, but oh my gosh, I just, they're so fun. I soak them up and um, I really find how clear it is when I'm not entering into mommyhood in a kind way, which honestly was yesterday. Um, if I, they're not changing, the way I'm showing up is changing. When I am yelling at them, they've literally done the exact same thing 40 days prior and it hasn't bothered me the way that it triggers me in certain ways. And I use those times that I'm freaking out or losing my temper that that's a litmus test to be like, okay, what happened? You know, and I will tell you, um, my phone, I put it on my husband's, uh, I put it on my husband's hood yesterday and my husband drove off. Oh, so no. my phone went on the highway and got run over yesterday. So that was probably the key uh, trigger that started it. Yeah. Um, but either way, I was not mom of the year yesterday. <laughs> No, listen, I, I'll, I'll give you a run for your money any day of the week. <laughs> I've got six. <laughs> six. I've got two. It, 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 and I think that's it is we all, um, we all feel it. We all know it. And uh, the more we can just learn every single day and, and, you know, get better in our own ways for ourselves is, um, you know, what I think we should all strive for. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, you also are, have a passion, I think, we didn't talk about this before, but this is one of my hot buttons I like to talk about all the time, is the importance of dating your husband. Yes. And I read that you date your husband. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like in your family? Because women need to date their husbands. Okay. okay. I want to even back up one more thing, because you said something that I loved. You said, um, can you replace your name with? So you have to share that because oh, that, yeah, that too. To start it was like, I, I love that. I wrote it down and I'm like, I need to like always think about that. Yeah. So the verse that the verse that was the reason that I kind of hit rock bottom, you know, when you like hit rock bottom and then you're like, Oh, just kidding. There's lower you can go. So I was reading and it was in the, it's, I think it's called Jesus calling, but it's also referred to as the love dare. And it's a series of dares that you act, that you go through yourself as a way to become closer to your spouse. Um, and what it is, is one of the questions is, can you, can you replace your name with the verse, love is patient, love is kind. Love is not boastful, love does not envy, and all of that. So could I say, Mandy, Mandy is, what is it? Love is, what did I just say? Patient, kind. Mandy is patient, Mandy is kind, Mandy is not boastful, Mandy does not envy. Mm. And it struck me so hard because the last thing I was to my husband was patient. The mm. last thing I was to my husband is kind. The last thing, all... I could not say that I was love. And if I wasn't living in love, how can I say that I gave my best to my marriage? Right. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And, and so now I will say we've done the five love languages. We've done all those things, but like I'm a challenge. Like my <laughs> husband is a challenge as well. We, um, we joke that iron sharpens iron is wait, what's your husband wearing a shirt that said iron sharpens that's, iron? That's like one of our favorite verses. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
And so I, of course, when I started watching, I was like, okay, my people. But so iron sharpens iron with us in that we always felt that when we would be, you know, sharpening each other, for example, that that meant we weren't a good fit because we don't look like other relationships. Like I remember I would walk in and someone was fighting and I'm like, that was a fight. Like, was that a fight? Like, you know, that fight. I was talking. And, and, I, and, and the reason I say that is just because I we had to get really clear on what it looked like for us, and also realizing that we're both very strong personalities, but we also do need to surrender to the other, and we need to give each other grace when we don't deserve it. And so I am like a I'm a my I'm an acts of service girl, and he's a quality time girl. Quality time, man. <laughs> it works. And so I could never spend time with him and I didn't get it. I'd be sitting there being like, let's do something. And we just had to really communicate our needs to each other. And first we had to get clear on our needs. The The podcast, I opened with the story of where our therapist said, Mandy, what, um, what are the top three things you need from your husband? And I was like, he should know. <laughs> And it was a cover up for the fact that Wait, I, I can love you right now. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> and what that answer was was a cover up for the fact that I didn't even know. Mm. I didn't even know what I needed. So how is it possible that he knew? Mm -hmm. So the start has been communicating our needs. And you know, my husband and I, we there's a local place here where we go and get foot massages and dinner. And literally, like for anniversary, for any present, my mom At just the same time after. <laughs> foot massages first, and then we do the dinner after. But depending on it, we may swap over it. Um, but but that's a new idea. No. Okay. It's a fourth business for you. But we found that it's the quality time that he needs. But I also feel like when we're out going out to dinner, I like the activity. And so it's it's just getting really clear on that. And now with COVID and with everything going on now, we're not having that date time. But thankfully, we quarantined with a nanny where we're saying, listen, hey, we need you X amount of time. And we like go for a hike. We go yeah. down to our cottage and, you know, rake leaves. But we just try to find time that we can still be together. And I'm completely honest. It's not a I don't have it on my priority list the way my husband does. And I know that's why God paired us together is because he's like, honey, I haven't seen you in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I literally, we just talked like two seconds ago. So uh, have not being afraid to voice and not being afraid to listen and to take action has been how we've really navigated um, dating each other, um, even within a crazy time. That's sweet. That's so good. I, I married like myself. So <laughs> we're like, it's been 24 hours. When are we having another date? <laughs> like that. They are very much like that. We totally are. Um, and my, my kids know, my kids know that um, it's Jesus first. It's God first. It's clearly my husband and me second. And they toggle on third and fourth. <laughs> they toggle depending on how much work we have to do. And, you know, so, and, and I think it's sweet because um, if we didn't go on a date, they would be like, what's wrong? What is wrong? You guys, why aren't you dating? So even at night, we'll go now sit in the back um, and they don't, well, Matthew, Matthew, the 15 year old, he, he'll come out and interrupt because he does, but the, they just kind of know it's, it's their date time. And, and I think it's sweet. I think it's a great example. But the truth is you really do have to make it a point because it doesn't just happen. 
Nope. There's so many other things that'll get in our way and, and you don't really realize the benefit of it until you're a few months into it, doing it consistently. Like, because you're like, I don't know how to do this. Like I, there was a point Eddie and I didn't, and we didn't, we truly didn't know how to date each other. We mm. didn't know how to have a conversation that was about us and not schedule. You know, it was, um, it, it takes some practice, but definitely intentionality for sure. You know what else is, I don't know if you do this with your husband, but another thing I'm really passionate about is my husband and I, um, pray over each other before we go to bed. Mm. So like, you know, he'll, he'll thank God for me and say wonderful things over me. I'll thank God for him and say wonderful things over him. And then we'll pray for whatever we pray for. And that out loud prayer, it was really awkward at first, but that out loud prayer has just really transformed. Not that we needed a transformed marriage. We have a wonderful marriage, but it, it brought it to a whole nother level to bring that prayer out loud over each other. I absolutely love that. Do it. Yeah, I definitely will. I definitely will. You're like, uh, this is weird. <laughs> but it feels real. It's really good. It's really strengthening. Well, that. I'm going to tell you, Kristen, I know that um, you and I probably say, uh, feel the same way, but you are just a person I need to know better. I know. One day you have to come back on this podcast. Will you promise? Promise in front of the audience. I promise in front of all of you because I just want to spend more time with you two, too. I love it. Come to Arizona. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, you're always welcome. <laughs> Definitely. I, I need, we need to, I mean, you're talking also to, it's April. What was it, May? No, it's April. It is April 30th in upstate New York, which is a challenging time. We're like almost to summer, but still rainy and yucky. <laughs> We're at 105. Like the kids are about to go in the pool and it's uh -huh. hot. Yeah. Crazy. I know it is. Well, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for today. It was a pleasure. And thank you guys for watching. Share it. Tell everyone about Moms in Real Estate. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. Thanks for having me. Oh, my.